we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, excited you guys are here. Um, marriage first, children second is kind of the breakout here. And I got a couple of disclaimers before we really get into it. Um, obviously, I, w- I didn't plan this. So the title, um, from a legalistic perspective, you know, technically, we under- understanding that it's under the lordship, uh, you know, marriage and family, uh, under the, the authority of God. Uh, so, so um, just kind of want to disclaim there. Um, also, you know, obviously, being married, we've been married a long, long time, six years. And so, uh, you know, we've, we've got a, a, a ton of experience um, in this. But I, I do want to just be transparent with you guys. And just, look, I, I fail miserably at this concept. I do. Uh, even to the point of, had to repent this past week, just looking through and my life and kind of figuring out my own convictions. And um, But, you know, having one child and one on the way that's two years old, look, I, I, there's a lot of things we don't get. Yeah, I've worked with teenagers for 12 years, um, but it's different when you live with them and they're your children, and I get that. Uh, but, and lastly, and, and you guys probably know this because you know my heart, but in no way am I implying at any point during this um, that, that children are not important or they need to be left to the side or kind of kept to themselves. And so just want to make sure we're clear on those three things. But when I think back to 2011 uh, when I met my wife, now Tasha, uh, I remember how quickly, um, within really a week or two, just falling in love with her and realizing that she was the most important person in my life at that point. The long drives to Huntsville back and forth, uh, the, the I mean, just crazy hours that I'd put in, like I would work my regular shift, would drive straight to Huntsville, stay till like midnight, drive back so I could be back, you know, for, for Saturday stuff. And even when I did it on Saturdays, I'd be coming back at like, Two in the morning and, and preaching while I'm driving. I actually woke up at a at a, at a four way stop one time uh, in Gadsden. Um, to my I fell asleep to my own preaching, which was kind of funny, rehearsing my sermon. Uh, I don't know what that says about <laughs> that, but it was quite odd when you wake up and you're sitting at a red light and you don't know how long you've been there and the light's green and uh, off. So, but that point was that Tasha was the most important person to me. I can remember we had Micah. You know, the whole birthing experience, uh, which is crazy in itself. Um, I can remember, and it wasn't so much when, because I was able to have hold Micah first and then um, give him to her, and then she, they laid her on, him on her chest. And it wasn't so much like, the, the Micah, 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 little boy, boy, boy. I was like, Tosh is incredible. My wife, she has um, experienced nine months of this and has just birthed uh, our, our child. And, um, she was the most important person to me, and I, and I think um, to when, when when she told me that we were pregnant with our second child, because we had to try a little longer, which I'm totally cool with that, but you know, not a, not a big deal on my end, but um, but it took some time, and uh, and so we uh, it it was a it was a struggle for a little while, but um, but we were excited, and, and she was the most important person to me, and when I grow old and gray and. No offense, I and mean, I'm riding lawnmowers in my khakis, you know, cutting grass that doesn't need to be cut and just making laps. We're, you know, those big guys. She's still gonna be the most important to me, Lord willing, uh, if if we make it together that far. We're, we, that's the, the mindset. So, and I imagine you guys have probably had some similar experiences or, or have maybe been there. Um, but but what I want you to understand is to start off is that there is a natural order uh, to marriage and to how things are going to pro- progress. Uh, it's going to start with two people, uh, and, and Lord willing, it's going to eventually come back around two people. Uh, and and it's the, the, the important part is how, how you respond to those situations 
in your marriage and the priorities you put on your marriage during that time of child rearing will directly affect your future marriage. So decisions you're making with your teenagers now, uh, decisions you're making with your, your younger ones now, the priorities you put in place now are going to affect the next 10, 15 years of your marriage or the next 30 years of your marriage. Um, I see this in my family a lot. Um, I was the youngest. I have an older brother who's seven years older than me. And they, how in the world did they have time for anything? They're driving us around to ball practices. And you guys know, you're, you're living it right now. I mean, you're on the road, hot, all the time, especially working out of, you know, out of town a lot. Um, how in the world my parents had time for each other, I don't know. And I, if I'm honest, they probably didn't. And if we're honest, you guys probably don't a lot of the time. Um, and so we, we want to make sure that how we respond in these situations in the now, in the early stages with us having a two-year-old, how we respond to things now, the priorities we put in place now, we have to understand that that's going to affect our future marriage. So at our city, we do a, one of our core doctrines or core, um, core values is start with the words. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to share some uh, pretty basic scriptures that, that, that are very familiar. Um, Genesis 2.24, uh, which is a very popular verse. Uh, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother, hold to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. One flesh. So together, the married man and woman uh, create one unit, and their responsibility to each other's needs comes first. So the first step to marriage first and children second is to understand that biblically, biblically it's how things were set up by the Lord. Okay, uh, It's how the Creator God designed it. Um, another supporting verse would be Ephesians 5.25. It's, it's how that the, a married man is supposed to love his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Uh, and when we look at the priorities of Christ, we look at the priorities of Christ after submitting to God, the Father, it was the church. So the example we have through Christ is God first, then his bride, then the church. Uh, and I think that's an incredible picture of kind of how we're supposed to uh, respond to that. The Bible sets up the idea of marriage first and children second as we look at the concept of Jesus and his his role as the bride, or as, and his bride. Um, we also see Ephesians 5.22, again, a very popular passage, is that wives will submit to their husbands uh, as to the Lord. So, and again, we see that the spouse is second only to God and their priorities. So the priority is marriage, and when we take a biblical approach to uh, our priorities in marriage first and children second, we are setting ourselves up for a godly marriage. Uh, Dr. Stinson once said in, in, a, in a breakout session very similar to what we had here, um, that a godly marriage is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your children. A godly marriage is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your children. Uh, the, the Lord has called us to raise godly children, Proverbs 22, 6, uh, Ephesians 6 and 4. You're okay, come on in. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 4, one of the best ways that we can accomplish this is by showing your children a strong, godly marriage. Um, a marriage is a family when a marriage looks like the marriage of Christ and the church. Um, and that's from a giving perspective. That's from a sacrificial perspective. That's an unwavering perspective. Uh, Dr. Stinson once said that a child is, that is not certain of the marriage of their parents is a disrupted child, and this is a disruption of the soul. So the, the issue here is that many times, um, Tasha, my wife, uh, and I are, are very guilty of this, and is that parents will often center their lives around their entire family. 
Um, and there's going to be times when, when you feel like you have to, like you, you, this, this is the most important thing right now. And so please, please listen carefully. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is necessarily wrong, but it's, it's all about a perspective and a priority thing. So this brings about a self-centered universe that revolves around the child and that the child is not designed nor able to be the center of the universe. It's just not, they're not capable of doing that. Um, and we're guilty of this. In fact, even as I was, I was telling these guys earlier, even as I was prepping for this this breakout session, I got to noticing some things uh, that showed how I've kind of pushed my marriage into the wrong place. I'm just being super transparent with you. Um, that's just the way I roll. Um, because I taught teenagers for so long, and they're like he said yesterday, their their BS meter is like on spot on the time. Okay, um, but little things like the wallpaper on my farm. Okay, so a couple years ago, uh, we were at Bennett Farms in, in Heflin. Uh, as most of you probably all do, that's just the thing to do. Go to Bennett Farms, take pictures of pumpkins, right? Um, if you haven't, you should. I can remember sitting there, and I think, I think if my memory serves me correctly, Tasha was pregnant with our first child. And, and we were there, and, and the sun was kind of setting over here, and we took a, I think it was a selfie, and I ended up getting cut out of it, which is kind of odd, but uh, nevertheless, uh, they took this picture, and I remember sitting there on my phone, like, man, that is just, she is gorgeous and like the, the sun was kind of orange like no filter needed like the, the glow of her and maybe it was the pregnancy glow that's kind of what I'm thinking uh, but I was like man this is going on my phone like she everybody's going to see this all right well and so thinking through that like um, I was uh, a couple weeks ago and it stayed on my phone for years and a couple weeks ago I found a picture on my phone of Micah my little boy uh, doing something I don't remember what it was it tells you how important it was but probably sticking his tongue out or something. I mean, whatever. And so I was like, that's a cute picture. I'm going to put that on my phone. There's my wallpaper. You know, I want to see my little boy. I want to see him out driving down the road. You know, whatever. Because I take him drive, right? Just kidding. Um, but I want, I want to see that. And so I remember Tasha coming in one day, and, and we were on the couch, and, she, and I said, hey, can you have my phone? She put my phone. Oh, that's a, that's a nice picture. And I didn't think nothing about it. And come to find out, she didn't actually ever think anything about it. But as I was prepping for this, I thought, you know, what if I had, had written Tasha a note and, and stuck it on her dash and said, you know, something, let's just use something, you know, sloppy. You know, I will love you always and forever. You know, something. And she put that on her dash. She sees that every day when she's driving to work. And that's really cool, right? Um, but then Mike gets to the age where he can write a little bit, and he writes a note that says, I love you, Mom. Well, that, that'll, that'll pierce your heart, right? <laughs> and so she takes that down and puts his note up. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. What, what, what's going on here? What just happened? Like, you just totally, like, that, that was my note. You know, I put that there. And, and so this shows the difference, obviously, between men and women, because I got offended if that would have happened. Um, so, but it's little things like this. And I'm not saying if you have a picture of your little boy or your little girl or your children on your phone, not your spouse, I'm not saying you're going to die and go to hell, okay? Don't, don't get that, all right? But... It's little things that send signals of your priorities. Um, when I get home, this is what really got me. When I get home, Dr. Stinson kind of talked on this last night. Um, you know, my little boy comes running to me, and what, what's the, what do I do? Man, I pick him up, I grab him, I kiss him, and I, we go run. And then if I've had a decent day and I've got any energy left, we'll get on the floor, we'll just start playing, like, instantly. And I'm like, hey, babe, how are you? Love you, Hope you have a good day, you know, and, just, and I'm off. And so I'm thinking, man, like, just like took, you know, the, the woman that, that loves me the most, the person that loves me the most, the one who was technically there first, uh, the, the one who, has, who the Lord has seen fit for us to marry and have children, has all of a sudden been shifted to a different priority. Now, 
and you can argue the fact that maybe it's not necessarily wrong to greet that, but you know, my wife doesn't come running to the door. And I'm not asking her to do that. I mean, that's, that would be that's not her personality. Okay, that, that'd be cool if she did, but it's not gonna happen. All right, <laughs> so, you know, it'd almost be weird. Grown women probably shouldn't do that. But, um, anyway, uh, and so like in my mind, I thought, man, the woman who loves me the most, or the person who loves me the most has been shifted to a different priority in my life. And these things, again, aren't necessarily wrong or sinful, but it's when you find yourself um, desiring to be more with your children than to be with your spouse, then there's an issue. Then you begin to see some red flags flying up, okay? Um, so the hard part with, with this whole concept is that, that we're often blind to that kind of thing because it's a good thing. Um, that every one of us is here. The reason you're probably here is because you want to be a good mom. You want to be a good daddy. If you don't have children, you want that someday. You want to be a good grandmama. You want to be a good granddaddy. Um, but so so the, the issue here is that what about the desire to be a good spouse? Where where has that gone? And, and it just kind of hit me as I was kind of studying through this and kind of just praying. And the Lord basically said, "Look, look our desire." To be a good spouse has been extinguished by our desire to be a good mommy and daddy. And that's, that's essentially what's happened. It's taken a different priority. Not necessarily a bad thing, but but our desire to that that initial desire that was there when I met my wife that that's going to be there when when I, again when we're old and gray and sitting on rocking chairs, uh, you know that that desire is hopefully going to be there. But our desire to be a good spouse has been extinguished by our desire to be a good mommy and daddy. And, and we, see, we see our children being the center of our universe. And again, I'm not knocking this, uh, but, but from travel ball to private music lessons to dance, to tennis, to band, uh, to even church attendance. Um, I don't know how in the world, again, I kind of talked to this earlier, but I don't know how in the world my parents had time to do anything, like running us around, like music lessons and, and band practice. I have zero clue how they, they made that happen. Um, but... We wrap our schedules and our entire lives around theirs, and, and when you it, it's kind of side note here, and if, it's, if this is you, and please don't take this the wrong way, um, or, you, or you can, I don't really care. Um, but um, the, the, I was a youth pastor for for about ten years, and I would see children come and go, um, and a lot of times it was based on where the children wanted to go to church. Teenager speaking, okay. Well, well, I get it. I, I, I come from Chulafini. I'm, I understand the whole concept of being one or two in the youth group max. You know, it's, I get it. Okay, I get the whole concept of well, that's where my friends go, or that's you know, well, well, the youth pastor is relevant. And he has a great beard. Okay, and, that, and whatever it, it, it is, that concept. The issue there, though, that but what if their theology of the church, which you probably haven't done your research on, is totally whack. I'm, I'm dealing with a situation uh, currently that of good family friends of ours, who well, their their kid was, we call him a fringe student, kind of in and out, kind of hit or miss, and then all of a sudden his senior year he decided, look, I want to go to this church because that's where all my friends go, and so they said, okay, we just want to see you in church. We just want to see you. We just want to see you. We just want to see you. Be in church. And that's I get it. I get that kind of mindset, but they missed the boat on checking out the theology of the church and seeing what they believe. And now the, the, the whole entire family is involved in that church. And they have just, and they think it's the greatest thing ever. And I'm thinking, you're blinded. You're blind. You have, you have missed your, a, a small priority has been set to the side, and you have 
all of a sudden engulfed yourself in this, this, this situation that could have been avoided. Um, so the, the child, understand this, the child is not capable of making those types of decisions. Uh, and when this happens, the child not only becomes the center of the universe, but essentially gets thrown into the, the spiritual head of the household when that happens. Um, that was a side note, sorry. Anyway, uh, so there's not a person in this room, sorry to spit on you, my bad, um, baptizing this one, or sprinkling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, which is, uh, so there's not a person in this room that, that can handle being the center of the universe. Um, when this happens, it's showing uh, the children, uh, or our children, that there's a lack of confidence in our marriages, um, and, and, placing, and you're placing your confidence in your child, not in your spouse, and certainly not the Lord, um, so marriage first, the children second. And listen, I get it. it. It's an incredibly difficult concept to live out. It just is. And I think everyone in this room understands the, that role. But man, oh man, is it hard to keep those priorities in line with, biblically. Um, especially when a child is a baby or an infant and, and you've got to, you know, have the required half look. There's nothing I'd love more than my two-year-old <laughs> to take his own bath and get in the bed and, and go to sleep. There's, you know, there's probably nothing you love more than your children just, just to handle situations and just do it, okay? And make, be a man, make those decisions. Um, but they don't. They require some guidance, okay? Uh, otherwise, they're going to be out smoking crack in some, somewhere in the middle of, like, Clay County, okay? And so that's what happens when we don't pay attention. Uh, but they do. It's hard when, they, uh, when they're that age and they have to require. Um, but it's not a – what I want – I heard somebody say this earlier. It's not one of those things where, well, from 1 to 18, they're priorities. Well, the only issue with that is, is the Bible. Okay, the Lord did not set it up that way. Um, and so, what I want to do now is just kind of—we got a few minutes, and I want to trans, uh, kind of transition to kind of more at life application. Um, so, so we hear all the scriptures. We we see that in Genesis. We see that in Ephesians. Um, what what the scripture says about about marriage and how that we we see that that Christ uh, under the the um, the obedience of the Lord, and then His next priority is His bride, the church, us. And so that's kind of where we get this little concept, just to kind of catch y'all up. That's where we started first. From. Um, but to hear this, um, to hear all this, and you're like, Andrew, look, it's good. I, I get what we're supposed to do, but how in the heck do we do it? Okay? So this is kind of what I want to do. Well, I kind of talked with my wife some, and, and we'd actually talked about tag team in this, but we, we, I decided, look, you go to the sessions and take notes because I want to I be able to hear this. Um, but... So I've sought the counsel of my wife, and I'm just going to kind of open this up, and um, if you guys want to talk about it, it would be really cool. So women, uh, what are some ways that you can keep the marriage first and children second? I want you to be thinking that. Women, what, what are some ways that you can personally do, what are some things you can do to keep the marriage first and children second? I'll start us off with one, and then we'll kind of open up. Um, one that, that my wife had brought out was supporting the husband, um, especially in front of the children. Um, don't, don't degrade him or belittle him. Um, listen, there's nothing more awkward, and I've been in a situation where I've been in a like a group of friends, and and the wife's kind of just taking little stabs at the, at the husband that's in the and in the group circle with us, and he's just like, and then looks at me and goes, right, and I'm like, well, look, I don't want to be in the same room with you, much less dive into the conversation. Like that's not happening, right? You you do your thing, but I'm not knocking on your own. That's between y'all two. Y'all figure that out at home, all right? So, but but it's a big deal. Um, you know, children need to see that the husband is the leader and that the wife is in a supportive role of him. And, and children will, will gain confidence from this. They really will. They'll, they'll see that, that, that mom and dad are working together and that, that, that dad's the leader and the mom is doing the biblical supportive role and following through uh, with, with, with what that's supposed to look like. So 
what are some other things? I mean, y'all, we can open this up for a few minutes. We have a couple of minutes. Uh, what are some things women that you can do specifically to keep the marriage first and children second? Any thoughts? This can be like basic. This can be biblically. Um, do anything. Yeah, respect, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it can be hard. I mean, that's everybody struggles with that. I mean, look, it's just hard to do that, especially when, you know, maybe your husband's got a little bit of a smart mouth and, and maybe he's passive aggressive. You know, there's, um, I have a lot of my mama in me, and I, and I know that, uh, but man, my mama's passive aggressive, and she'll say something and smile and tear you apart. <laughs> and it's like, what just happened? I just got ripped up and down, but I feel good about it, but I kind of don't, you know. Uh, anyway, but uh, another thing uh, I'll bring up as kind of thinking through is, is uh, don't assume that the husband's going to be okay because he's a man. Okay? Don't assume that just because we're men, we're going to be okay. Uh, and here's what, what I'm talking about. Psychiatrist Michelle Golan agrees that the mistake many moms make is they believe that if they're a good mother, their husband will be fine, and he will understand. But in reality, the husband may feel pushed out of the parenting role and begrudgingly gives up on having a relationship with his wife. I, I agree. With that. I see that. I've seen that in my life. So essentially, you know, when, when if Tasha t- kind of takes over the role of being a good mom, and I see her giving to him, bathing him, putting him to bed, doing all these things, and then when it comes time to make decisions, she's done all that work, and I've kind of sat back. I kind of get pushed to the side a little bit. Gotta help with this too, you know. Well, take two, you know. And don't don't just it wouldn't it was more than than just you know you. Okay, it took me too. All right, um, and so don't just assume that the husband's going to be okay because he's, he's a grown man. Um, there there are things there. It needs to be a, a common um, a family effort in, in raising. So, uh, when, what are some of the things? Are there anything else you ladies can think of that maybe that you can do specifically to keep the marriage first and children second before I bash the guys? We'll, go, we'll move on. Men, here's some ways, and I sought the counsel of my wife, my godly, lovely, beautiful bride, and I think she put these specifically things that I need to do, but I'm just going to share it with you, but I'm totally cool with that. Uh, number one, and we're not, this is no particular order, but here's the first bullet. So, um, romance your wife, uh, especially in front of your children. Now, I'll let you take that as far as you want to go with it, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I was, they have to go to sleep at some point, but, uh, but they need to see this and experience that mommy and daddy uh, have a love for each other and uh, allow the children to see that they are a product of a godly marriage and it allows them to see what a marriage is supposed to look like. It's, it allows them to see what a godly marriage is supposed to look like because let's be honest, they're not going to find it on social media. They're not going to see it on TV what a godly marriage is supposed to look like. Their friends aren't going to have parents, most likely, that are showing them what a godly marriage is supposed to look like. Uh, Breaks my heart, but the lady in here in the last, I think it was the last breakout session, said, or maybe last night, said that even her five-year-old has friends that, that are confused and said, wait, you mean your, your parents live in the same house? God, man, that is tough. And if, and if, if you've been through divorce or, you, or you've got family that's divorced or you're, you're a single mom or single dad, like it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's as hard as it is for a couple, it's even you know, that much harder for a single mom or a divorced parent. So, um, you know, uh, stuff of the things that, that we kind of talked about was uh, random texts and calls. Look, I, I did something really dumb a couple years ago. 
I put a notification in my phone, alarm at, at like 9.17 every day, send my wife a text. Okay, so it reminds me, send my, well, my wife found out about it, and it was not cool, because she's like, you have to have a reminder. I was like, no, 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 you don't understand, I get busy, and I kind of forget. She's like, that doesn't mean you're, you're doing it from your heart, you're doing it because you have to. And I was like, Anyway, so I'm trying to do better at that, but I'll send her like some random gif of like some guy in a speedo like rubbing oil on him and saying like I'm missing you, babe, or something, and she'll be like, "You're disgusting. Please stop." You know, and I'm like, "I love you too. I need, I love you." Yeah. Um, but you know, doing stuff like that, you know, making an effort for lunch dates, anything you can do. Like, I'm not, we're blessed with my, my situation because a lot of times I'll work, you know, in or around a different towns, and sometimes if I see on my schedule that I've got to do something in Talladega. Man, you better believe I'm gonna work my entire day around that lunchtime, and I'm gonna do things that. Like, I was like, look, I, I get it, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna plan my service call at 10:30, and when I get done at 12 o'clock, me and you going to La Posada, okay? And we're gonna get guacamole, and it's gonna be fantastic. Um, so, making an effort, stuff like that. Um, we kind of talked about this earlier, but a little PDA goes a long way. You know, don't be afraid to, to hold hands in public. Um, you know. The car door thing, like, you can take it or leave it. You know, that's a, that's a generational thing. I think it's still respectful. Um, I think a lot of the younger girls, especially like my wife, um, she was like, well, I don't care if you open the door for me, but I want you to hold my hand. You know, it's a big deal. And so I don't do a good job at that. I need to do a better job at that, though. Uh, stuff like, you know, cooking dinner. Um, one of the women in the last class said, look, cooking a hot meal. And, and I take it, you know, kind of forsaken, like, but I look back, you know, generationally things have changed like i think back to my grandparents and my grandmother always cooked dinner like it was a hot meal every night every night and and i looked at my parents and thought you know we got zaxby's a lot and i was cool with that i didn't care i think about now i was like man i cook a lot <laughs> and and things kind of changed but you know I'm, I'm totally cool with that but if, if you're one of these where your wife cooks every meal man take that off her plate if you're one of those wives where your husband cooks every meal take that off his plate you know do it for him. Uh, if you can't cook order out that's okay. Like, look, I promise you, if I came home and there's Jaywalk sitting on the counter and it's fresh, like, I'm good with that. I love Chinese food. <laughs> I can eat it every other day. Uh, it might not like me, but I like it. Um, so, um, other things, guys, that we can do, and we're going to hurry. Um, I'm just kind of sharing my heart here, but things that you just, you just hate doing, and I don't know if you guys are like me, you too, but I, and you guys don't have to deal with this anymore, but giving bass. But I hate giving bass. I yeah, hate that's a little weird. Yeah, if, if you're getting, well, you got 15, is he 15, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And so, here, so, here's, so here's a question I have to ask for you guys. When does the lotion stop? Okay, I have to lotion my little boy, and I, I hate, that's the, I hate when that. He, when he says he doesn't like it. <laughs> I'm going to stop liking it. Now, Jackson, he's still like lotion on his face. He's so, <laughs> saying five minutes lotion on his face every night. Oh, okay, so it's to the point he doesn't like it or he starts doing it himself, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but the reason he doesn't like it could be because you're doing it and he doesn't. Right. Yeah, but he was like, I don't need this. No. So here's my concept behind it. My thought process look, it's not natural. Like, we don't come natural with lotion on us, okay? And so for those moms and my wife, one of them, like, I want to get all natural. I got natural, okay? And like, I'm like, look. It's not natural to have lotion on you. We're going to have scuffed up knees, okay? We're going to have skin breaks. I remember sitting in, <laughs> I probably shouldn't share this. I remember sitting in like a sociology class at JSU, and <laughs> this girl sitting next to me, she's lotioned up, I mean, head to toe. And it was, I think it was our winter, or spring semester, and we just come back from spring break, so I popped out the shorts for the first time. <laughs> and she said, uh, it's probably a lot funnier to me. She said, 
you want some lotion? And I was like, oh, I'm a good chef. Well, you need some. Them legs are ashy. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, I'm not letting you lotion me. That's my mom's job. <laughs> but, but no, I just, you know, things that you hate, you know, guys, things that you're just like, look, anything you can do to give your wife an extra five minutes, ten minutes, especially in the mornings, I don't know what y'all do for an hour and a half getting ready, but I'm totally cool with it. I get it. It takes a long time. Um, you got hair? It don't take me no time. I'm done. Okay? Beard oil takes me the longest. Okay? Uh, and when I'm done, <laughs> but, um, and so, you know, things that you can do to help give your wife an extra five, ten minutes, you know, just in the morning, it makes all the world. My wife has a 30-minute commute one way, um, and, and so I, I have a one-minute commute. So I do some extra things. I try to make sure I do extra things to help with that. Uh, so as we're as we're finishing up here, uh, a couple of things that you can do together: um, c- confronting conflicts in your children, w- confronting conflict in front of your children, having a game plan set aside to figure out how how you're going to do that before you just start. Because when you get your age, and they start using you back and forth, they go to you, and then they go to you, and they go to you. And Dad said, "Well, that's it." And so make sure you got to have that plan in place. Um, teenagers are crazy. I wish we'd get into that. And you guys already know that, but I had, had some great stories about. We don't have time. Sorry, they're just different species. Teenagers are just a different species. Now you may be the lucky ones and have a, a normal one, but and and Hudson, was, uh, Hudson, uh, okay. yes, Hudson, yes, he was fantastic. But I get it; he's probably different. <laughs> uh, but big things. Yeah, I go, go, you do, you do. Go places, look, guys. Go places without your kids. Look, I know as a young mom, you know, having that baby, having a two-year-old is hard. Um, but going places without your kids is a big, big deal. Tasha and I dove right into this. We just said about, I think it was three to six months, somewhere in there. We came into my parents and said, we're gone for four days. <laughs> and we just left, okay? And, and, and my mom's freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm waking up in the morning, I'm like, where's Micah? Where's Micah? I got to put lotion on something, you know? <laughs> I'm just freaking out, you know? And, uh, and so go places without your children. Uh, when you always have your children with you, it really can produce some insecurities, uh, not security. Okay, I know in our mind it thinks it, it's creating security, but it really can pr- produce in the long run some insecurities. Um, you don't work your marriage around your kids. Work your kids around your marriage. Um, leave you with this thought. Guys, we understand it's a hard concept. Marriage first, children second. It's incredibly hard. Harder at times in parenting than it is in other times. But remember, this is a race. It's a Hebrews 12:12 kind of race. Uh, we push forward, keeping the priorities of marriage in line with the biblical views that we're instructed to. Long race, when you feel like giving up, because I, I've already been there, I, ain't got, but I just only have a two-year-old. Okay? But when you feel like giving up, you've got to look to that, that type of passages like that, that that encourage you to say, look, when I want to give up, I look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, the one who took the cross, despising its shame, and died for me. And, and the price that he paid, that should make us not want to grow weary and give up. Hebrews 12, 1, 2 kind of race, okay? Uh, let me pray over us, and then we'll get out of here, okay, guys?